0: Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Full and welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love. Packed full of inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance-specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events, and lifestyle features. Get Freelancer Magazine in your life. More importantly, get it in your letterbox or your inbox, because there's a digital version. But if I were you, I'd get those sweet glossy pages in your hand for either make sure you subscribe go to freelancermagazine.co.uk but right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for web designer hannah dossery
1: i met some people who had been traveling for two years and i was like how are you affording this and they were telling me oh yeah we're a freelance web designer and blogger and stuff i was like what i didn't even know that existed really So when I got home from that trip, I was like, right, I'm going to have a look into this, see how I can travel forever. (laughs) It's easy to get jobs internationally and stuff, but I think when you kind of focus on your local community and trying to see what opportunities there are, I think people are really happy to work with someone who they can actually talk to. One of the worst things I hated was when someone get in touch and say, oh, you know, this is the website I want and how much is it? And then having that conversation and and be like oh it's gonna be this much how does that sound like I hated that conversation it was was horrible so I think uh, as soon as I created those packages I put my prices on my website which has been the best thing for me really I think a lot of people are like oh no but you should be from or you know you kind of don't want your competitors to see and stuff but I don't really care if it can make if it can make me feel better about not having that conversation about money then I'm happy
0: Yes, there's Hannah, her story coming up in a moment, adding on to over 300 episodes of this podcast, over 300 stories of people's experiences being freelance. If you're new, please, or for that matter, even if you're not, but you've not heard them all, do go back and check out all of the old episodes, there's so many good ones in there and they all stay relevant. And it doesn't matter what they do for a living. It's all about the being freelance. So whether it's the same as what you do or not, do go take a look. Also, I always love to hear from you. You can do that via beingfreelance.com. Or of course, every day I'm hanging out in the Being Freelance community. Come and find us there. Be amongst your people. It makes such a difference, um, both to your business, but also just to to your head i think such a nice group and it would be lovely to see you in there go to beingfreelance.com click on community and all the details are there right Let's crack on. We're heading off to Brighton on the south coast of the UK to chat to this week's guest, and that is freelance web designer Hannah Dossary. Hey, Hannah.
1: Hi, Steve. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance?
1: Yeah, great. Um, so, I mean, I guess uh, the journey kind of started maybe back in school. I always knew I kind of was creative. The only classes I really liked were art and design technology, so I knew there was something creative in in you know my future, I just didn't know what. And like everyone, I did a foundation course, tried a few different things, and then I found out about graphic design. And I really liked how oh, I don't know. Maybe this doesn't sound so like exciting, but I guess I kind of liked how there was like a clear job at the end of it. So yeah, I kind of went with graphic communication. I loved the whole idea of telling a story through a visual um yeah through visual I mean as you can probably tell I'm not great with words not <laughs> so at when all when I can when I can talk through <laughs> graphics that's when I'm like in my happy place <laughs> so yeah so I really love like the whole graphic design side of things did a lot of projects created magazines or you know tried different things the graphic design is so huge um and ended up doing I don't know if you know about the d awards that graduates do at the end of uni um and I created an infographic which is basically um, documenting a journey of how me and a friend kind of created our degree show catalogue and that was just kind of a side project really and then from that I won the fresh new blood award of that year I mean wow. yeah yeah so that was really cool and from that I managed to get a job pretty straight away from that so I was really lucky when
0: you got that job was that so you won this award so is that a big like UK wide yeah I think
1: so I think yeah. it's In the UK, like most of the universities will have um, kind of a stand at this award and it's where people can come around and see who the newest blood is of the year and kind of try and get people for jobs, really.
0: So after you won that award, did you then approach companies or did they come to you?
1: Yeah, so um, the company you end up hiring me, they, like everyone else, was going around this fair, you know, Looking at stands and stuff and talking to people. And they were talking to me about someone else's project, and I was explaining everything as you do, because you're kind of there for all of your students so that everyone can kind of go off and do their thing in the day. And I think they were like, Oh, where's your work? And I showed them my work. They're like, Oh, yours has an award. Why didn't you talk about it? And I think they were like, okay, there's something there that she's not like talking about herself all the time. I was like, oh, I think I was just like shy and didn't know how to kind of sell myself. <laughs> yeah, I ended up kind of getting that job straight away and it was great. I was, it was a publishing agency in London working. Uh, in like the arts and culture so we did stuff for like Tate Gallery, V&A, Kew Gardens and like just some amazing clients um, working on magazines and big art books and stuff yeah so it kind of learned a lot about layout and telling a story through pages and you know how to kind of capture the reader and stuff. So it was really, really fun to kind of get involved with. Um, but then yeah, I guess a year or two into when I started working, the iPad came out, some new crazy invention. And I was like, we need to kind of jump on board with this, because I think all these things we're creating should be interactive. So I kind of championed kind of turning them into digital interactive formats, and worked with the team at Tate's gallery and stuff to create theirs and we ended up winning a lovey award because it was I think I think it was the people's lovey so it was more like a um, people's choice award but that was really cool to kind of get that recognition um, for something that I was like we need to do this yeah. you know, I guess that was the start of me kind of realizing that I really like the digital side of things and like storytelling through movement and animation or interactivity trying to figure out what kind of you know, what kind of movements or uh, what is the user trying to kind of, uh, what is the user wanting to see when they click on something? So I think that was like really exciting. And I we did some websites and stuff, but not that much. So yeah, after four years of working there, I kind of got a bit sick of not having enough holiday um, and also having like a boss to kind of tell me what to do really. Like there was a lot of times where I'd be like, oh, I think we should do this and, you know, you just can't because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. So I think I got annoyed with that after a while. So I quit and went traveling around Asia for six months, <laughs> which, yeah, that showed them. <laughs> um, yeah. And then after that, I think when I went just traveling, I met some people who had been traveling for two years. And I was like, how, how are you affording this? You know, I've only managed to afford for six months. And they were telling me, oh, yeah, we're a freelance web designer and blogger and stuff. I was like, what? I didn't even know that existed, really. Um, So when I got home from that trip, I was like, right, I'm going to have a look into this, see how I can travel forever. (laughs) Um, And I got involved with loads of communities, listened to loads of podcasts, this one included, and was like, right, I'm going to make this happen. And yeah, that's basically how I started becoming a freelancer, really. I loved it.
0: So it wasn't, you know, there you are in that company thinking, oh, I wish I had more autonomy, I guess, to like follow what I'm interested in. It wasn't that that made you go freelance. It was the (laughs) fact that you met these people who were somehow able to work and travel at the same time. So when you came back to the UK after that six months travelling, did you get a prop job in quotation marks? No,
1: no, absolutely not. I went to live at home for a bit because obviously I was... I had nowhere to stay. I just packed everything up and gone traveling. So I stayed at home for a bit and that was a great opportunity for me to kind of figure out, right, can I make this work? I gave myself, I think, six months or so. I was like, I'm going to tell everyone that I know to tell everyone they know that like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work freelance. I'm going to be designing some websites or doing any marketing design. If you know anyone who needs something, let me know. So that's kind of how I started. Luckily, I managed to yeah live at home for free and everything. don't know if I would have had the guts to kind of quit work to start something like that if I hadn't had that opportunity.
0: So when you started, so I love that you you told everyone, because I've introduced you as a freelance web designer, but you were actually a graphic designer who then was diverting in towards more interactive stuff. So would you say that at that point you would pretty much design anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As you do, I think at the beginning of your freelance career, yeah, I was kind of just doing everything and anything that people could pay me for. You know, I think like when you're at the, you're at the start of it, you kind of just don't know what you're supposed to do. You kind of, I just trying to make money really, just mm. trying to make sure that you can afford to pay bills and live really um so yeah I was doing everything I tr- I had to obviously make my own website so I was like okay if I can make my own website maybe I can offer that as a service for someone else I designed websites in my agency job but I'd never actually built them so that was a big learning process and stuff um, especially when you're involved with WordPress and those kind of platforms um so yeah I was doing everything some marketing stuff posters Yeah, bits of everything. I managed to get a job uh, from a friend who uh, worked in a a big entertainment company um, in the UK and just did a poster for them. And that kind of has now turned into a five or six year kind of retainer thing. Wow. Yeah. So I was really, really lucky with that. I mean, that wasn't in the first year, maybe like the second year and stuff. But yeah, that's also kind of just marketing bits of everything. Um, But it wasn't really only until the last four four years maybe that I decided just to do web design as much as I love the print side of things I think I just like I kind of wanted to travel and work and stuff I realized that I needed to be online and do everything as virtually as possible so whereas with print you really kind of need to be checking things you know speaking to printers and stuff that wasn't (laughs) that wasn't what I wanted to do really
0: just to put things in perspective so you just said six seven years so are we saying that you've been freelance for about seven years this is going back seven years Uh, Yeah,
1: about eight years now, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so,
0: did you manage to make that dream happen? So you move back in to your parents, get set up. Did you get to go (laughs) travelling? Did you Did you get to realise that dream?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so I did that for nine months, uh, living at home, um, just kind of taking on all these jobs and stuff. And I booked a holiday with some friends to go to Asia for two weeks. And I thought maybe this is my chance to try it out, see how it could work. So yeah, I went backpacking for five months by myself after that holiday uh, with my laptop and kind of did the odd jobs here and there, which obviously kind of whatever I was earning, even if it wasn't much in the UK, was like loads in Asia, which was great for me. But then I also did kind of like some swaps as well. So there was one lady who needed a website, but she had like Um, she had properties in Indonesia. So I was like, oh, well, I'll swap it for a week's worth of accommodation. And it was like a beautiful house and stuff. Um, So I just kind of tried to do lots of things like that just to see how it could work. But um, yeah, I think after a while I (laughs) realised, I don't don't think it was what I was imagining. Um, I had to really be disciplined and kind of have those days where I had to say no to things in terms of travel, um, because I needed to do work. um, Because I couldn't just do like an hour here or there. I had to, yeah, I had to kind of get stuck in. So that was not what I was expecting. But it didn't put me off from the whole travelling thing at all. Um, I still get to travel more now than I would if I was in a full-time employment job. But just, I don't think I was cut out for the whole two years travelling.
0: So it sounds like actually... You'd rather be doing one or the other. You'd rather be on holiday, as it were, or yeah. working, but not well, trying to do a mix of both?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to kind of work on holiday and stuff. But I think like, you know, when I was working, I was getting FOMO that I was missing out on some really cool thing that people, other people were doing in the morning. I was like, oh, OK. So I think I realized quickly that I needed to kind of maybe have my mornings where I was doing work and not feel any FOMO and just kind of get off with stuff in the afternoon so I think that kind of worked and then I think when I was in Cambodia I kind of ended up staying there for seven weeks and got like a a place in a house with other freelancers who were also doing that so I think that was really helpful because they were doing work in the morning so I was like okay this is like a good kind of rhythm Um, so I've I feel like I've tried out the different things and yeah maybe just know what works and what doesn't work for myself
0: so there might be people listening who just like you stumbled across it were thinking it was for them so before we move on how did you find a house that was full of freelancers was there like a (laughs) digital nomad type community that you're in or was it a pure fluke
1: no, it was a fluke, actually. I didn't even really know digital nomads was a thing, but I was staying in some hostel and there was this, always this guy who came up to the bar uh, with his laptop and was just working. And I was like, you're always here. Like, what, what do you do? And I think he was a web designer or a web developer. And he's like, yeah, I've just been living here for ages. I just do some work or here and there and it just pays for my holiday. I was like, okay, well, I can, is there, like, a room to, like, live in the same place as you? And it was just happened to be that there was another graphic designer. And um, it was nice because we could all, like, talk about work, which obviously you don't want to do on holiday, but you kind of have to if you're trying to work at the same mm. time. So it was good to just find that. But, yeah, I think it was it was lucky, really.
0: <laughs> so what would your advice be to people who are trying to do that whole thing?
1: I think definitely try and network and find other people who are going to be going on to those places, whether it's through you know the communities that you're in, for just people who are backpacking and stuff, but maybe find out if there's any other freelancers and find out where they kind of hang out. You know, Maybe there's specific cafes and towns and stuff that you can kind of go to, get on with your work for a few hours and not feel bad and then kind of escape it once you've left.
0: So you gave it a good go for months, it sounds like. But then what? You came back to the UK?
1: Yeah, so then I got back to the UK and was like, right, I need to just <laughs> get on with the work. Um, I guess I was not... I didn't have that much work on when I was travelling, but I guess I also kind of had to say notice and stuff because I wanted to enjoy it still. So then once I got back home to the UK, I was like, right, I need to focus and like make this work properly. Um, so yeah, I can't remember how it went there, but I guess I just found more and more work locally i was living in nottingham at the time and um just tried to approach anyone who was kind of looking for a website and yeah i told them what the price was which is way too little um (laughs) but i was still kind of like figuring it out as you do so yeah i just managed to luckily i was lucky to kind of get those jobs and try it out
0: when you say you'd approach people who were looking for a website it, how in how how did you know that they were looking they're not just wandering I, the streets
1: i, I wasn't going out to them in the streets like hey do you want a website yeah no i think like uh, where i was living uh, it was quite a nice community so you know people knew people and i was like oh well actually the website's not great or you know they're looking for a web designer can you put me in touch with them so i think it was more kind of like yeah just networking right. informally stuff like that and then I was also doing lots of stuff like Upwork and Freelancer and all those websites but I just found that the jobs on there I mean they were good they're kind of like a good foot in the door but I think people on there just seem to have really unrealistic expectations of projects and prices and stuff
0: yeah so you've got your own website were you just calling yourself I don't know Hannah Dossery freelance designer like how how were you putting yourself out in the world
1: Yeah, I was freelance, I think a marketing designer or a graphic designer. And yeah, my website was terrible. (laughs) It was just basically like my logo. And then like my portfolio. So it was just things I've worked on, which if you looked at it, it, was just a mix and match of everything. So someone probably went on to it and thought, yeah, but what do you do? Like, like, I didn't really specialize in anything. Um, so it must have been quite confusing for someone to look at that um, so I think eventually I kind of realized that I needed just to stick with one thing really so I kind of just stuck with websites right, right let's just see how it goes and I had moved to Australia after a couple of years and through there there was like a mentoring kind of community and there was a lady who was doing like this kind of like online course for designers to try and help us figure out our niche and packages and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and try and do that. I feel like I need to kind of get there. You know, when I'd go to design talks and stuff, I'd always see people who were doing, you know, doing specific things, whether it was a style or, you know, illustration or something, and they were doing it so well. And they knew exactly what they were doing and it just made sense. And I was like, I just, I'm not in that place and I don't know how to get there. So when I found that course, I was like, okay, I think I need to try and just kind of give it a go. So that course, yeah, really made me kind of look inwards and ask all these questions about what's your why and what's your purpose and all that stuff. And I was like, they're questions I've never really asked myself. You know, I just was just trying to make some money to live. So it was quite hard, especially when you were like, I don't know what style I have, you know, but yeah it didn't it wasn't a quick fix or anything it wasn't like I figured it all out straight away it took about two years <laughs> to to finally get where I was really.
0: That time you were living in Australia were you still working with clients in the
1: UK? Yeah yeah so um, I had been there for about uh, just under two years so I was yeah kind of I was still kind of working with people in the UK, which is great, but also getting more clients and stuff in the, in Australia. Um, I was joining loads of um, networking events and co working, and yeah, kind of design talks and stuff, and just putting my face out there. And yeah, kind of anyone I kind of talked to, just trying to see how I could help them with the service that I had. So that really helped, I think. Just kind of the idea of l- going locally. It was kind of, it's easy to get jobs like internationally and stuff. But I think when you kind of focus on your local community and trying to see what opportunities there are, I think people are really happy to work with someone who they can actually talk to. Mm. So that was actually kind of going backwards. It wasn't so virtual. It was more in person there.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Did it come naturally? To, like are you quite extroverted were you quite comfortable going out and talking about yourself and meeting people and
1: uh no <laughs> I'm quite shy I, I feel like p- people maybe think I'm extroverted um and maybe I'm maybe come across like that but I'm like super shy and but I had to push myself to go to talks and networking stuff because I knew I had to put myself out there to get into those places and to talk um so I think I kind of had to lean into that idea of i'm going to be scared but i just have to do it um so yeah it was it was nerve-wracking but i think the more i got to do it the more comfortable i guess it became you said
0: it took you another two years (laughs) to sort of really find the answers that you were looking for as into what your what your niche was who you wanted to work for that kind of thing so what what year are we talking about with that how long ago
1: yeah, so I started that course probably in 2019. You know, it was like, a, I think, a three month course, and the answers I was giving was, yeah, I thought I wanted to do so. I wanted, I thought I wanted to be like a game designer, because uh, I was like, oh, I like games and stuff. Um, and then I started it, and I thought, this is just not me. Like, why, why am I trying to put myself into a niche that just doesn't seem to fit? And then, you know, it's just so many ups and downs of like, oh, how, how do I figure it out, you know? It's horrible. Um, so yeah, I think <laughs> I think I kind of just left it for a bit and just um, was like, right, let me just kind of do what I'm doing. And I think eventually you realize that once that seed's planted, you kind of ask yourself those questions, anyways, and you figure those things out. And maybe you might have a project with someone. Think, you know what? This is the kind of client I want to work with, or this is the kind of project I want to work on. And you're like, maybe this could be my why. This is, you know, you kind of like try and figure out as you go. Um, so yeah, I guess like a year later, I kind of did that kind of course again to try and re-answer stuff. And it made more sense, you know, now I've kind of had a whole year to think about it. I answered them and it, it made sense why my answers are the way they are. I also realized I love working with creative businesses and loved, like even though I didn't have a specific style, I loved kind of doing anything playful and joyful so it still wasn't until uh, another year maybe that I had the guts to kind of go ahead and start my business shiny happy. And I think before, like in that second year really, that was me kind of thinking, oh, trying to brand myself, which I'm not a brand designer. I don't, I can't do that. <laughs> um, And just kind of like starting those little steps, but trying to bring everything together slowly. And yeah, I guess getting people involved. Like I got a brand designer involved to do my logo. I started realizing that I probably need to talk to people like a copywriter to help out with um, text on my website because it was just not getting done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, after the two years, I finally kind of realized, okay, I need to launch. And even if it sounds silly or I feel like it doesn't make sense, let me just try it out. So, yeah, that's when I launched really. And when was that? I think um, 2021. beginning
0: it's really interesting but it was i know it you didn't rush it in the end or that maybe you couldn't rush it you just yeah. gradually realized it all clicked into place and you were like oh actually this this is what i want to be and so then you decide so you decide to give yourself a company name rather than just yeah. being hannah dossery freelance designer yeah shiny happy digital design <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah which i love um <laughs> but did it make did it make a difference when you started using that name and all of this branding and so on.
1: Yeah, because I think like no one really knew who I was because I was not really putting myself out there especially on social media. No one knew my name, so it made no sense to have my name as my business name whereas as soon as I kind of well I thought I would just try giving a business name. I you know, I could always change it if I didn't like it. But I thought, let me try it out. And I think once I had a business name, not that I was trying to act as an agency and you know do all the we, we do this and stuff, but just by having a name, I think people kind of got what I was trying to say straight away. They're like, okay, well, you're not going to be doing boring corporate websites. You know, you're, you're a happy brand. So I think it made sense straight away. And I have had like so much positive feedback about it. So... I haven't looked back, really.
0: And did it make you feel different about
1: it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at first it was kind of a bit kind of embarrassing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my business name. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just say I'm Hannah from Shiny Happy. Um, And people, yeah, it just makes sense, really.
0: And did that change? Because you you said about approaching local, you know, the people near to where you are, but now you're shiny happy like has it changed like going after the world as opposed to going after the local or do you still do that
1: it kind of varies like I I guess because of social media you can you don't have to be local but I I don't know I guess I do still kind of try and focus on local because I want to support small businesses and stuff and I guess that's the best way to start is shopping locally and supporting locally um, but definitely having a brand that people kind of recognize helps with social media so people know my brand before they know me um, like I had I was working in a co-working space once and someone came up to me and said oh you're Hannah from shiny happy I was like oh hi Amazing. <laughs> like, okay so the I guess the name helps because I guess it sticks sticks in someone's mind yeah. Know.
0: So you still do the local thing. Uh, and at some point in this story, you moved back from Australia to the UK. Yeah.
1: So I was only there for about two years. And then yeah, during COVID, really, I moved back to the UK and came to Brighton. So that's where I am now. And uh, been here about three years and I love it. It's such a great community, creative, creative vibe. And it's it kind of fits my business really well.
0: Mm hmm. And so you found your niche in terms of playful, joyful, creative, but also at one point you were going, Oh, I was doing this with WordPress but now you focus <laughs> on Squarespace and Shopify, is it?
1: Yeah. I mean I I've tried doing websites on WordPress and I still do depending on what the client needs. But I just found that it was like, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, so I don't want to be doing coding or, you know, dealing with plugins and all that faff. Like I want (laughs) to, I want to just design like a beautiful website that makes sense and tells a story. So I think when I found out about Squarespace, that was like the first one I found and it just was so easy to use. My clients loved it because it didn't mean they had a website that was crashing because they forgot to update some security plugins mm. and all that stuff. So it kind of fit everyone, really, uh, who I was kind of working with, including me. Um And it just meant that I could, if I wanted to tweak some HTML and CSS, I could, but I didn't have to. And then S- Shopify, I think, is very similar to Squarespace. It's a builder and... I think when people find out I work on those, especially other web designers, they're like, oh, that's, that's not really web development, you know? I'm like, oh, but, like, it is because someone can still, yeah, someone might be able to build a website on those platforms themselves, but they don't know how, they don't know why they're building the website the way they are. So that's where my expertise comes in. Yeah, I'm not just doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how would you say you market yourself now and put yourself out there? Because you mentioned that, you know, I didn't have social media, but now you do. So, yeah, how do you get yourself out there now?
1: Oh, so so I used to be really bad at it. (laughs) I didn't really know what kind of things to post. Um, So, yeah, last year, at the beginning of last year, I went ahead and booked in a social media strategy workshop, which was really, really useful working with a social media company to kind of figure out what kind of things do I want to say? What do I want to do? Like, you know, it was all about how I wanted to kind of help people, you know, learn more about web design, show the impact of my work, rather than just being like, here's a website I just did, you know, which tells no story, doesn't say anything. So I think since having that strategy call... It helped so much because now I've got like a document where I know who my audience is, I know what kind of things I wanted to be doing. And from there, I started, well, I tried to start posting as consistently as I could. I wasn't doing it as I wanted to, as much as I wanted to. Um, because I guess, yeah, social media always comes, or any marketing always kind of comes behind client work, which is annoying. So I, yeah, since August last year, actually, I had, I've had i got someone involved who schedules and writes captions for me and does some stuff like that. Um, I got her to do some design stuff as well, but I think I realised I love designing the social media stuff, so I'll keep doing that myself. But I think having that one person who kind of keeps me accountable and makes sure that I'm posting regularly and we know what things are going to be coming up for the next month that definitely helps so much. And just even having someone to kind of bounce ideas off and being like, oh, I wanted to post about this and to have someone say, mm, I'm not sure about that. How about this? I feel like that just having that person, especially when you're self employed um, and you're doing everything by yourself, it's just really good to have that person to bounce ideas off. Cool.
0: How do you, and this might seem obvious to you, but it isn't to everybody. Um, there's obviously a point where you started investing. In things, mm. be it a, a coach or a course or a um, strategy, and now some kind of, sorry, what would you call them? A s-
1: I think she's a creative consultant. Okay. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Who helps you with the social media? Yeah. 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 So, do you uh i don't know with your finances like have a pot where you put money to like invest in yourself in that way that you can just draw upon or do you sit on it for a while and then think oh okay that will cost that much and then build up to it do you had had you factor it into your pricing that you might want to do all of these things like how have you approached the fact that these things cost money but ultimately take you somewhere
1: yeah, I definitely do not have a pot that I I mean I, I, I like the idea and I have tried to do it. I just never get around to putting money in that pot. But I guess um before I got in touch with anyone to outsource to, I kind of started packaging my services so I have like a clear amount per package. So I think when I tried to outsource to someone or had a look at, you know, a logo designer or, you know, social media strategist, And I saw their price. I was like, okay, that's fine. Because as long as I get a client for that one package, then I could pay that off. And I just knew that paying for something like that will only give me back so much more. So that's kind of how I thought about it, really.
0: So you mentioned packages, which is good because you also talked about that way back when you were in Australia still (laughs) and thinking about packages. So you've created certain things like do you put prices out for them like what what have you done in that kind of way of working rather than just saying hey I'm a freelance web designer how how, how have you used the packages approach
1: yeah so I mean I think one of the things before I started the packages was like the one of the worst things I hated was when someone get in touch and say oh you know this is the website I want and how much is it and then having that conversation and trying to be like, ah, oh, it's going to be this much. How does that sound like? I hated that conversation. It was just horrible. So I think as soon as I thought, okay, well, what are the three kind of most common websites someone might need? You know, like a one page or a middle and then an e-commerce, whatever. I thought, what would those include? What would people want in that package? And then how much would I be happy with them being? So I had like a middle, a high and a low. And I think that's always really worked for me. As soon as I created those packages, I put my prices on my website, which has been the best thing for me, really, because people have probably already looked on my website. They know what the price is. They know what's included. And of course, I know people's websites projects are um, always going to differ. You know, it's not going to fit everyone, but it's kind of a starting point. They can see, okay, my website's almost like that plus a few extra things, I know that it's probably going to be around that price a bit more. So having those prices on just avoids that whole conversation. By the time they come and talk to me, they already know the price. And they're kind of maybe just scouting out if they want to work with me or any questions they've kind of had. Um, So I think it's been the best thing I've done.
0: Putting the prices out there.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, but you should be from or, you know, you kind of don't want your competitors to see and stuff. But I... I don't really care <laughs> if it can make if it can make me feel better about not having that conversation about money mm-hmm. then I'm happy
0: yeah and I guess would it still have a degree of flexibility if okay that's the package but I also want this
1: yeah definitely I mean it's it, it is a package but and I also say like if you want more rounds of changes which some people do need a bit more helping hand or if you want more pages on your website or if there's specific features you really need that isn't part of that package, then those are all add-ons, which are absolutely fine. It's just most of the people be needing a specific kind of website. So at least they can go onto the website and see what's included. Because I think a lot of people don't really know where to start. They know they need a website and they're like, well, I, I don't know, how does it work? So I think if they can see, okay, four pages, this is included. They're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Um, So I think just the transparency of what is included helps people.
0: And then did you come up against a thing where, you know, because this is like you're creating a new website, but I noticed that you also will refresh an existing website or, as you say, happify my website, (laughs) which I love. Was that as a result of coming up against people who were like, well, I've already got a website and not sure I want to start from scratch?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people would, um not that I would turn them away, but a lot of people will be like, well, I don't really need a new website. I don't want to spend that much money on a new website. I just need some changes. I've done it myself. Um So it was kind of organic. I mean, I've always been a, a bit scared about doing any market research. I've always been like, I don't know what that includes, but uh, I don't know where to start with that. And one time I talked to someone who loved my, wanted to work with me, loved my design but she already had a website and she can afford the full rebrand. And her business wasn't where it needed a complete new change anyways. Um, so I sat with her and talked, like, you know, what kind of thing would you like? And what's the price? And um, why would you need, you know, had a just a proper organic chat about it. And she said, yeah, I just would love a designer's eye, looking at my website, fixing any things. And I was like, perfect. That's great. So I created that package kind of for her, had a trial for her, and it worked really well. And since then, I think a lot of people are loving it because they're trying out their own websites, trying to create it, um, but they're just not happy with it, and they know they need someone professional on board. And, yeah, since I've since I've launched that package, it's, like, been my favorite thing because I love fixing things, <laughs> um, tweaking, tweaking existing websites. And also I just love it because you have a whole day of just – being immersed in one website project. It's great. I can get quite a lot done in one day, actually.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, is it an actual day?
1: Yeah, full day. Uh, no other client work or emails. Um, and we we connect on Instagram. So we're chatting if there's any questions I have. Um, and then we have like two video calls. So one in the middle of the day to just kind of see where we've got, if there's any feedback that they want me to work on. And then at the end of the day and Before that, we also have a pre-consultation, a consultation call to kind of go through everything that they want so that I can do any problem solving beforehand so it doesn't use that time. And then also we kind of come up with a list of tasks for me to do and prioritize them. So if there's something that actually ends up taking ages, at least they know that the thing that they really need to be done is going to be done first. So how do you manage your
0: time? across I know your week or your month or whatever like as in do you have multiple projects on the go how do you then suddenly find time for you know a day dedicated to this like how, how do you manage that side of it
1: I try and only really take one big website project a month now um and I if I have a web project I know how long it's going to take let's say about four weeks so I kind of know roughly how many days or how many half days I'll probably use within a week so I'll block them out and I only really do have the five days on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that it's not taking up too much of my time um and I guess I know that I only have a certain amount per month so that helps me to not overbook myself because i think i can it's really easy to kind of say yes to projects and try and figure out how to squeeze them in but i know that when that happens i'm like why did i do that (laughs) it's just too stressful um so yeah definitely use google calendar which i know is maybe not the best tool stuff but i just love how visual it is and i can block out those half days wherever i need on specific projects so that's how i pretty much organize that side of things
0: and do you like charge you know if you're spending a whole month dedicated to something, do you get a deposit up front? is it milestone payments because obviously that's a big chunk of time
1: yeah, definitely. I always have a deposit, so whether it's fifty percent or forty percent that's always before I start any work and um then I have like options so whether it's fifty percent on completion or if it's like kind of spread out a bit more um I can also help out with that. But, yeah, I've never really had any problems with people not paying. Um, And people are always really happy to have the 50% deposit. I think they know, like, it feels professional to them and they know that I'm not going to kind of... Well, they know that I'm not going to run off with the money or anything because we're both both 50% down. So I think it just gives them a bit of confidence, really.
0: Back with Hannah in a moment... You heard what a difference the podcast being freelance made to Hannah when she was starting out. There is now a course. If only there had been back then, if only there had been when I started freelancing. Uh, but there is, for you, if you or someone you know are new to freelancing, point them in the direction of the course called How to Get Started Being Freelance. There's no one way to be a successful freelancer, but basically this takes all of the conversations that I've had with freelancers over the years, pulls together everything I think that would help you get started as a business, be financially smart, marketing-wise, how to have clients find you, how to get hired, how to to do with proposals and contracts and being paid how to be organized and how to have some work-life balance as well Um, you can find out all the details go to beingfreelance.com just click on course and it's all in there for you there's short little videos so that you can kind of build it around your day especially if you're already working a job uh, you can work it alongside so if you're new to freelancing in your first year please do take a look beingfreelance.com and click on course right now let's get back to Hannah's story. So do you have like a constant you know since you've become shiny happy digital design is it a pretty constant level of interest and work or do you have quieter spells?
1: Yeah I mean last year I had like yeah quiet spells in the summer and stuff but this year has been quite good I think because I'm being so active on social media I get so many people knowing what i do already and by the time they kind of get in touch they already know they want to work with me and they're they're ready um so yeah i've had quite a good amount of yeah constant work this year which has been really great yeah definitely social media has helped just people knowing who i am having awareness of me my services
0: even if they're people that you meet locally
1: yeah definitely i mean whether it's virtually or offline like it'll always kind of go back into other ones. So whether I meet someone online, it's really great to meet them offline eventually. Or whether I know someone locally, like then we become Instagram friends too.
0: And obviously you wanted to travel as well as freelance. You still get to do that?
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) For the last uh, few months, I've been on holiday once every month. (laughs) I'm going on holiday next week.
0: How do you um, work around that? Like, Presumably, you've kind of nailed the way to plan. Yeah, so
1: especially with big website projects, I'm really, um I love a good schedule. And in my kind of contract before we start, I always put in the schedule and I include any holidays. Like if it's in a week I'm going to be off, I know that ahead of time. So I put that into the schedule. So it's not like a surprise. And then I guess it helps me to have the smaller packages so that I can be a bit more flexible with my holidays, which is great.
0: And now when you go away, do you work at all or do you just manage to switch off?
1: Yeah, I switch off. Like I used to be really bad. I was trying to check emails or whatever. But yeah, now I'm like, no, no, I need to switch off because I'm like so into... Work and everything around, you know, social media stuff when I'm home that I really need to just switch off when I'm on holiday. Um, I have actually been on a, one of my goals for this year was to go on a work retreat. So I did do that in, I think June or July, went to Barcelona and that was amazing. So it was with other freelancers and we worked in the morning and had an adventure and stuff in the afternoon. And that was great because that was like balancing exactly what I wanted, but with people who are also in the same boat. Which is really nice. So I'm going to try and do some more of that. I think.
0: Yeah, very cool. And that comes out of the fact that you're you're still active members of like freelance communities and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. I um like yeah, I definitely join uh, as well. Not as many as I can, but I join lots of different communities for different reasons. Everyone has like its own vibe and. Whether it's communities offline, whether, you know, for co-working or whether it's like an online one that meets up every week and chats about, you know, work stuff. I think it's just really helpful having those different groups of people to talk about stuff because none of my uh, friends, well, I think maybe one or two of my friends in real life, are self-employed so um, it helps to have that kind of conversation or complaining about specific projects and stuff you need to have that kind of outlet
0: yeah yeah do you know what's funny as well is for ages you were on the being freelance website because there was a picture of me and you when we met at, uh, <laughs> at like a freelance event that I was speaking yeah at. and so that must have been before you went to Australia that must have been like 17 18 sort of time
1: Yes. <laughs> so it's quite funny because I think I used to listen to being freelance when I first started becoming a freelancer to try and figure out the whole, you know, situation and stuff. And then I think, yeah, it was a freelance day thing. And I remember seeing you and I was like, oh, my God, that's Steve. <laughs> so I went up to you and I think you must have been like, oh hi, like, why are you so excited? But I was just like, ah, oh. it's like a voice from my head, like in real life. <laughs> but yeah, so that's quite cool that it was still on um, there. But else, yeah, that was, that was like probably 2018. That wow. was very early into my freelance career. So it's it's nice to finally be on the podcast.
0: <laughs> well, in the photo, it looked like we were having a lovely chat. <laughs> okay, listen, um, there's lots of things that we could talk about. But I did this thing where I asked for three facts about yourself to make two true one a lie let me figure out the lie hannah what have you got for me
1: oh this is so hard i feel like anything i came up with just sounds so boring compared to any of your last people oh so one um i once had a gaping hole in my cheek (laughs) okay (laughs) two i have an artificial hip and three i visited every continent except for antarctica
0: Okay, so we know that you love to travel, so it's quite possible that you might well, even though you've mainly talked about Asia, Australasia sort of place, maybe you've deliberately avoided talking about others in order to avoid giving that one away. So I'm obviously going to ask about one and two. You had a hole in your cheek.
1: Yeah, so actually I had a bit of an accident on the golf course once uh, where someone... um, didn't realize i was in front of them went to hit went to swing the golf club and it uh hit me right in my cheek and ran to the bathroom and spat out a, a bit of my cheek yeah oh. <laughs> i had to have some stitches as well oh my god <laughs> sorry <laughs> a bit graphic
0: i mean it's i'm avoiding saying so you went to a golf course and got a hole in one oh. cheek <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: um were you playing <laughs> golf or just walking
1: I was playing, but not at that time. We were watching someone and yeah, they didn't see me, which is ridiculous, but yeah.
0: That's so (laughs) horrific. Okay. You have an artificial
1: hip. Yeah. So I was born with uh, my, well, my legs out of my hip joints when I was born. Uh, So I was in a cast for six weeks and um, I've always had some problems and stuff. So uh you know i've always done sports it's never stopped me doing anything i did football and basketball when i was young um but i guess by the time i got to 27 um it was just too much and i had to have a a total hip replacement oh my god and i probably will have the other one done i don't know maybe in 10 years or something
0: (sighs) okay look i don't know the fact (laughs) is actually to go to every continent like that that is that is quite a big ask Okay, I think the fake hip is true. The cheek hole is such a horrific story. <laughs> right? That I think the the cheek hole is true cuz I can't believe anybody would make that up. Number 3, it's like and and I feel bad because I don't want to offend you. It's like the boring one of the three. <laughs> now, is it boring because you you couldn't make up anything as horrific as the golf story or did you make up the golf story no i'm gonna say the antarctica one the you know for being on every continent that's the lie
1: i'm so glad i got you okay. <laughs> no i do not have an artificial hip i was born with what? my legs out of my hips but <laughs>
0: oh my god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there I am, feeling bad. I didn't send you some kind of like get well soon basket <laughs> while you're having an artificial hip put in at the age of
1: twenty seven. <laughs> you were even specific. You were like, "Oh, I have to have another one." I know because I even thought about it, and right? it would have been perfect. Like if it was during when um when I just started freelancing, yeah. <laughs>
0: So hang on, so that does mean you've been to every continent.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been to Brazil for the World Cup. Uh, I've been to, yeah, US, Australia, Asia. I've been to Africa, but like North Africa, so Morocco, Tunisia. I've been to about 46 countries, I think. So I'm I'm ticking them off. (laughs) And yeah, I have got a hole in my cheek where you can see a little uh, dimple. So it's still there.
0: Oh my, Mm -hmm. that is horrific.
1: Actually, that was the first... Uh, time, first and last time I've ever had to have any surgery or yeah, hospital. <laughs> I thought <laughs> so. you were about to say,
0: "Yeah, it's the first and last time I ever stepped foot on a golf course."
1: <laughs> Actually, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a bit a big. Yeah, heavy, heavy hit.
0: <laughs> um, Hannah, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be?
1: Yeah, it would definitely be to uh, lean on other people and look for. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, people are all in the same boat. The sooner you can ask for help, the better you will be over the long term.
0: Amazing. Um, Hannah, it's been so good to talk to you. Go to beingfreelance.com, click on this episode and you'll find links through so that you can find what Hannah's up to online go to her website check that out and also you know what she's doing with her packages because it's very interesting and also follow her on Instagram I've got to say just to show that these things work a couple of weeks ago you were doing on your stories come with me while I do a you know think Happify in a day right you were doing that so you were showing the process of you doing the fire website in a day and next day in the being freelance community somebody was saying oh I'm after like a Squarespace person to like refresh my website and I was like oh my god
1: there you go <laughs> perfect
0: I literally watched someone do that yesterday
1: <laughs> so Aww, I know f-
0: so yeah if you ever think about sharing these things and thinking oh is it worth me sharing this yeah. totally worked yeah, so go to beingfreelance.com links through to what hannah is up to and of course come join us in the community uh, click on the, the button and i will see you in there but for now hannah thank you so much and all the best being freelance
1: thanks so much it was so fun
0: There goes Hannah. It's so brilliant to hear her story. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's a ball of sunshine. And the fact that we met years ago when she was starting out and to hear what happened, like, honestly, just puts a big old smile on my stupid face. Um, Go to beingfreelance.com. There's details of everything I get up to um, with the course, the community, the articles, like, helpful stuff in there. Obviously, all of the podcasts as well there's also being freelance merch so you can rug up with a being freelance hoodie or t-shirt and more besides being freelance.com and say hi as well as in the community on instagram at being freelance okay i'm out of here i'll see you for another one not next week week after remember i'm doing them every other week at the moment but there's another great episode just around the corner you have a great week being freelance